chicks, hot takes with Ali and Marie. Hot takes, she's a spicy one. That's the intro. <laughs> That's the intro <laughs> for this one, yeah. No! No! episode of Chandler rapping terribly. <laughs> well, that was good too. That could also be a podcast intro. <laughs> um, yes, Chandler is back. Hello, welcome to Hot Takes with Allie. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Hot Takes with Allie and Marie. I am back with Chandler for another week in a row. Um, I would say say hi to the people, Chandler, but I think you already did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping none of the people are people I know. <laughs> that's okay that's okay this is just this is just a good time all around it's okay i'm never gonna be able to show my face in public again after this episode (laughs) no it'll be fine you're just living your truth it's all good there you go yes thank you for that thank you for that chandler is back that was magnificent um do you think you could sing the entire rest of the episode all of your contributions or is that off the table I think I would need to be a little bit inebriated for that. Okay. And this is um not the place for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. We'll file that under potential bonus content in the future. How about that? <laughs> Chandler terribly wraps an entire hot take episode <laughs> by herself. She is the host and the co-host. <laughs> you play both roles. That would be so, very funny, Chandler, actually. So, Chandler, what's your hottest hot take today? I don't know, Chandler, what's yours? <laughs> I was gonna ask you if you had a hot take or just anything spicy or anything interesting going on that you wanted to share to start us off today, but I kind of want to see how this plays out for a little while. I want you Wait, to keep but going. No, I do have one. Ooh, what you got? So I can't live without potato. Potato is my life, and I am a 21st century human who has lots of other foods that she could be eating. Potatoes are magnificent. Um, They're just so versatile. There's so That's many true. things you can do with the potato. And you know what? You know those restaurants you go and you get to order two sides. I am one of those people who will order mashed potatoes and fries. <laughs> See, I'm a double mac and cheese girl all the way. See, I'm very particular about my mac and cheese. Oh. Because I just feel like there's some people or some people, some places that make mac and cheese and it just tastes like you scooped it out of the bottom of a shoe. Okay, no, I see what you're saying. I My requirements for mac and cheese are it has to be both cheesy and creamy. Um, if you get only one of the two, I guess that's fine. But ideally, you've got both down. Because, like, I personally do not like mac and cheese that is, like, really cheesy, but not creamy at all. That's not my thing. I want it to be creamy. And I know we've all had mac and cheese that's, like, really creamy, but tastes like nothing. <laughs> tastes like absolutely nothing but noodles Mm -mm. that's not that's not what i came here for don't serve this to me you should be ashamed if it's if it's not gourmet with the whole like crumbly top i don't want it oh that's interesting because i'm not a big fan of texture in my mac and cheese oh see i just think it gives it that extra like 
But also, in saying that, I can agree with, like, the cream part. I love me a creamy mac and cheese. In high Mm -hmm. school, there was this little, like, cafe, which it was literally called the Bohemian Cafe. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, she made homemade macaroni. And she made it with, like, penne noodles. Penne noodles? How do you say it? Penne. Penne? Okay, I said it right the first time. I thought that was wrong for some reason after it came out of my mouth. Anyway, she made them with penne noodles. And they were so creamy. And it was that type of macaroni you could reheat, and it actually still tasted good. Ooh. That's rare. That is rare. Mm-hmm. That is the reason I have to eat an entire box of Kraft mac and cheese in one sitting, because it doesn't reheat well at all. And I, I can't just waste it. Yeah, <laughs> That's why. That's the, the reason. <laughs> I've tried all the tricks, you know? Baking it in the oven to reheat it, using mm-hmm. milk to keep the moisture. It doesn't do it. it. It's just still not it. <laughs> I wonder why that happens. That's so weird. That's uncomfortable. Like, I think it's just, like, cheese in general. Like, any cheese-heavy but, dish is just, like, doesn't taste that great reheated. But where is where is it going? Where is the flavor going? Is the cheese disappearing from the dish in the fridge? What is happening? My honest <laughs> personal theory is, like, pasta is so dry, it soaks up whatever it's in. And I've had this problem with a couple of, like, like <laughs> with a couple of TikTok pastas I've made is that I'll make the pasta and it's so creamy and then we make it the next day and it's like the pasta soaked up all the juices and now it's kind of dry. But doesn't it still, wouldn't it still have the flavor in it if it soaked it up? You would think. Like, where is the cheese going? Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I'm so concerned. You know, like there's a sock goblin. Maybe there's also a cheese flavor goblin. Oh my gosh, you're right. That's it. I'm going to apologize in advance for this this episode, everybody. It's getting to be a little bit late as we're recording this, and I'm losing brain cells as we speak. <laughs> losing them? I never had them. <laughs> it's getting real late. It's it's 8.14 as we speak. Real late? Uh, that's late for me. <laughs> it's late for the grandma over it's here. A, it's late for me. My brain is tired. Yeah, also, see, you get it. Also, completely off topic, but I have a fork goblin. And I have whatever the opposite of a goblin is for my spoons. I think <laughs> I made a joke the other day what? to my, I told my boyfriend that we had transgender spoons. Because all of our forks ran away and suddenly I have tripled the spoons. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. Wait a minute. Okay. First of all, I'm stressed because my fiance's old apartment way back in college, they had the same problem with the forks. They kept disappearing. By the time they moved out, there was, like, one fork, and nobody knew why, what happened, or where they all went. I don't think they gained any more spoons, though, so I don't understand. First of all, where are the forks going? I think you're right. There's a fork goblin. Second of all, where are you getting spoons from? Like, is somebody entering your apartment and just putting spoons in your drawer, cackling maniacally, and then leaving? Uh, I swear to God, there's, there's, like... A, a former spoon goblin has turned into a fork goblin, so now he's trying to get rid of his spoon collection. <laughs> he's taking all of my forks. Oh my gosh, he's got. We through. buy like we go to H E B every weekend for groceries, right? We buy two forks every time, and I still, I still have triple the amount of spoons. What? Oh my gosh, okay. Once again, I have so many questions. First of all, let's not shame this goblin for his midlife career change. He's living his truth, and I'm so glad for him, okay? Second of all, why are you making spoons a weekly purchase item when you could have just bought, like, ten spoons at once and caught up by now? 
Because you know what, Allison? <laughs> Silverware is stupidly expensive. <laughs> okay, it's like $2 fair. per fork. It's a fork. Uh-huh. Why is it $2? Maybe that's why people are stealing them. Because, you know, that's, they go for a lot on the black market. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> black. Yeah. Maybe oh, hey, buddy. What are you selling today? Forks? Oh, yeah. That's so fast. I'm imagining some real CD guy outside of, like, a subway terminal opening his trench coat being like, hey, you want to buy some forks? You want to buy some forks? He opens the <laughs> other side. Gotta offload all these spoons, too. <laughs> what do you think? No, no, no. He's like, <laughs> you want to buy some spoons? I only take forks as purchases. <laughs> That's it. That's what's happening. And you know what? You know where he's getting all of your forks from. He's not breaking and entering into your apartment. I think you need to have a serious talk with your boyfriend about why he's been paying in forks to the spoon goblin. <laughs> I think he's been running around engaging in some seedy deals. <laughs> this is where he's getting all his money for video games. He buys $2 <laughs> forks and sells them for $5. <laughs> he sells them for five spoons. <laughs> For five spoons, yes. Surely somewhere in there is a good title for this episode. This has gone only a teeny tiny bit off the rails. Just a teeny tiny. A teeny little tiny bit (laughs) off the rails. Um, And I'm so glad actually you brought up this whole fork spoon thing because I'm starting off with yet another food based hot take this episode. Are you even a little bit ready? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, I think that food that I have to like really work for is absolutely not worth it. If it's not clear how to eat it, I don't want it. Let me explain in case that didn't fully make sense. Food that I have to work for, like if you serve me, for example, crab legs. Crab legs usually comes, as far as I understand it, at least here, um, with like the the little tool. You have to like break the thing open and like extract it like what is going on there that's entirely too much work first of all second of all if it's not clear how to eat it I don't want it if you just set down a plate of crab legs in front of me with that little like torture device and the shells and all that still on and don't like give me instructions even if you do give me instructions if you have to give me instructions on how to access my food I'm not interested not interested at all it's entirely too much work i uh nope (laughs) nope if i wanted to prepare it myself i would have sorry i just i don't enjoy foods that test my intelligence as a person yeah if i have blisters on my fingers by the end of my meal you should be paying me to eat it (laughs) that is you know that's a rule to live by that's a really good way to put it you know maybe it's just like me having baby hands but when I was younger, I was definitely, like, very much a crawfish person. I loved mm-hmm. crawfish. I went out to eat, like, every crawfish season from, like, 10 to 15, um, like, with my dad and my sister and my um, childhood best friend and her family. And I would eat, like, you know, a good amount for uh, a 100-pound soaking wet girl. But, <laughs> you know, I did not enjoy peeling them. I sucked at peeling them. They The, like, meat would get stuck in the little, like, crawfish... And I had to make my dad peel it for me. And I wouldn't even be full at the end of it. I'd just be tired of peeling crawfish. Like, I'll eat it if you peel it for me, but uh, I'm done. 
Yet none of that sounds like a pleasurable experience to me personally. That sounds like something I would rather avoid just in general. <laughs> no hate to those of you who love crawfish boils. I know especially where we are, they're pretty big. So like, I get it. Not my cup of tea. I don't yeah. want to work for my food. I don't care if that makes me sound like lazy <laughs> or anything like that. I just, I would rather eat something that I know how to eat and that does not require secret extra utensils <laughs> or <laughs> manual labor <laughs> to access. These ten useful kitchen utensils you never knew you needed, and it's just like this very specific garlic. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, I didn't need that. This is extra. <laughs> I don't have the taste for crawfish anymore, but I mean, if somebody like peeled it for me and gave me like a little bowl of it, I'd be like, sure, I'll eat this. But like, if I was to like go to a restaurant that was serving crawfish, I'd be like, yeah, nah, I think I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of examples for this when I was outlining this episode, and, like, almost everything I was coming up with was seafood. So I don't know what is going on with seafood, that seafood is just so hard to get to. I don't know if maybe fish are trying to tell us that we shouldn't be eating them or what is happening. They're like, oh, my God, these people won't get the hint. Like, leave us alone. I don't know what that is, but it, it's so much seafood. And I would even go so far to say I, I kind of like shrimp. I'm a shrimp person. If the shrimp... It still has the tail on when it gets to me. That's like almost too much work already. <laughs> that's almost like I will do it, but I'm like, okay, I've gotten like pasta dishes before with the tail still on. And I'm like, well, that's even worse. Cause now I have to like cut them all off so I can put them in my mouth as part of this pasta yeah, you dish. Have to, like, think about it and pick out the, the, yeah. the, the seafood before you eat it. Cause you're like, this is a hazard. Yeah, exactly. That, that just becomes a health hazard at that point. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, when I'm eating pasta, I don't want to be, like, paying attention to my every bite. I am going for shoveling. Maximum velocity shoveling. <laughs> so, I'm I not looking. <laughs> if I can't vacuum this into my mouth from the moment you put it on my plate, I don't want it. Patrick Star style. Just the whole plate. Gone. Bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, it's almost too much effort. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I have this vendetta. Maybe I am just lazy. It's fine. If you want to tweet at me and tell me that. I think I just don't like seafood. Maybe that's it, I too. I used like, I feel like the only seafood I like is shrimp. And shrimp is, like, usually one of those things that comes peeled for you in most right. cases. Right. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, we just don't like seafood. See, I feel like I'm in an interesting spot where I tend to like most seafood. I just don't like the process of getting there. I also don't want to know that my food was once an animal. I, I function off of dissociation entirely. So, like, when we buy shrimp, I can't be around when we're, like, preparing it. Like, if we buy raw shrimp and you have to, you know, peel it and devein it and all that. I, mm, nope. <laughs> I need to leave. I can't. You can call me back in the room when you've taken all the scales off of the fish or whatever. Like, I can't be present for any of that. You know what? Here's a good example, though. I think we can mm. go back to our sandwich po conversation in the last podcast. <laughs> if it takes me more time to prepare my food than it does to eat it, <laughs> is it really worth it? You're right. This is why I just, I can't cook. And, like, I do cook. Like, I have made plenty of really nice meals that have taken me over an hour, like, of preparation and cooking. But it's just, like, it turns me off of wanting to cook. I'm like, I'm hungry. I want to eat now, not in an hour and a half. 
you know what that's a really good point that i hadn't considered but you're totally right like i just for context i am one of those people that i guess sounds like you might be too i do not find a lot of joy in cooking um i can do it i will on occasion it's even fun I know people like my fiance is one of these people who like get a lot of joy out of it. Things taste better when you make it yourself, they say, but I don't feel that way. I feel like things always taste worse when I make it. And it's not that I'm a bad cook or anything, but it's because I'm comparing it to how long it took me to toil over to make the thing. And I'm like, well, this would have tasted better if I had just paid somebody to make it for me. I don't know what that says about me as a person, (laughs) but... Yeah, maybe that's what's coming into play here with the seafood thing is I don't really get a lot of joy out of, like, making food. So, of course, I wouldn't get a lot of joy out of, like, working for my food. (laughs) No, I think I'm definitely on the side of food tastes better when somebody else makes it for me. But in Mm -hmm. the context of, like, home-cooked meals. Because, like, home-cooked meals are definitely almost always going to be better than, like, restaurant unless you're just going, Uh like, to a very high-end restaurant. Okay. But, like, stupid example is that, like... I make stove popcorn all the time, like stovetop popcorn, where you get the kernels and the butter and you, like, pop uh it on the stove. Yeah. And I learned this from my dad. And still, to this day, after, like, you know, ten years of making it to myself, if you put my dad's in a bowl and mine in a bowl, I will know what is my dad's, because his tastes better, no matter what. (laughs) Well, now I want to know his secret. You gotta find out. I've asked him so many times. I'm like, I've done this, this, and this. This is what you taught me. He'll be like, yeah, that's what I do. It's the same. And I'm like, but (laughs) it's not. Yeah, I just... Sorry, I really thought maybe this discussion we would discover more about what this is about me as a person. I think it is connected. I think it says we're lazy. That's what I was worried about. I don't want it to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want it to mean that, but... Maybe we just all find joy in different ways in this world. And some of us find it through cooking and hard work and some of us don't. Maybe we're spoiled because we've always had family members and significant others who have cooked for us. Okay, well, we promised a less real episode this time. So we're going to move on because you're attacking (laughs) me right now and I am uncomfortable. You're either spoiled or lazy, Allison. Pick one. I don't want to. (laughs) We're going. You peaked at five. (laughs) (laughs) that was funny though (laughs) yeah we're gonna roll into hot take number two after after that devolvement um i don't fully know how to articulate this but i'm gonna do my best people who are obsessed with baby yoda are either too young or too old for lilo and stitch i think that's I told you I couldn't articulate it in one sentence very well, but I think I think it's a generational thing. I think Baby Yoda and Stitch give off very similar energies, and I think the people that are like, oh my gosh, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, are either like kids who are too young for Lilo and Stitch, or I don't know, like a like maybe like Gen X adults that are just a little bit too old for Lilo and Stitch in their prime, right? If you were like not just alive, but like a kid, maybe a teenager, in like the '90s or early 2000s. I think that's the group of people that, like, really connect to Stitch. I think everybody else has Baby Yoda. And I say this because I feel like they can't share the spotlight. I feel like they have similar energies. And so it's caused, like, a generational gap. Where those of us who did grow up with Lilo and Stitch are, like, sandwiched in the middle of everybody who's obsessed with Baby Yoda. Okay, um, I was literally about to make a comment about how 
I feel like I'm the wrong person to have on this spicy hot take because I feel like I have agreed with you too many times. But no, no, I don't agree with this. I do not agree <laughs> with this one at all. Not even close. I get what you're saying, though, because, like, if you go, I mean, appearance-wise, and, like, maybe, I don't agree with the energy-wise, but I can see where you're coming from, and then I can see that, like, people, like, the old and young, too old and too young thing, but no! No. <laughs> no. Stitch stitches the toddler in their terrible twos, and baby Yoda is, like, when the kid is, like, about to hit their terrible twos, but they're still just cute. They're like, I want to hold you and cuddle you. And then you have your terrible tooth that you're like, if you don't stop, I'm going to lock you in this closet. And okay. that is what stitches. You know what? And this I... is also why I will never be a mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I do. I have points that I would like to elaborate, but I got to say, you, you do make a very good point in the terrible twos versus just before the terrible twos. But I'm going to go ahead and explain what I say by them having similar energies anyway. Um, I think the child, or Baby Yoda, or Grogu, if you will, um, is mostly just a sanitized version of Stitch. In terms of, like, marketability, I think it's the same vibes. Um, obviously, he's a bit much less destructive and chaotic. And we don't need to get into, like, details from the shows or anything, but... Like, there's a little bit of chaotic energy there. Much less destructive than Stitch. Big troublemaker, Stitch. Yes, so a lot more sanitized, but I think it's the same energy. I think it's just a less bold 2021 or 2020, whenever that first debuted, energy. Because, you know, the things that came out in, like, the 90s wouldn't be made today. Like, things today are a lot more about marketability. So I think that's what happened. I think they were like, oh, okay, here's, you know, an energy of a character that people like let's like water it down a little bit put it in a new property and cool like now we can market to all the people that missed the stitch boat instead of trying to revive we loan stitch for the 85th time you do have a good point oh, is family and family means no one gets left behind <laughs> I also learned how to do that in fifth grade when I peaked. I, oh, what just happened? What just happened in my podcast? What is going on? Uh, we started out with rapping. We end with Chandler doing his stitches. That was so good, Chandler. That was so good. One day I woke up and my mom did it to me, and then I I also did it. <laughs> Does that hurt your voice? It was incredible. No, it's that like was so good. I like put my tongue like like I slide my tongue back further in my mouth, and it kind of feels like I have a bubble in my throat. So it's not like painful or anything. That sounds uncomfortable, but I am so fascinated. Oh my gosh, thank thank you. That was you know what that was the best thing you could have contributed to this conversation right now. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. I found that more appealing than you disagreeing with me. So. <laughs> no, but I still don't agree with you. I see where you're coming from, but no, it's like, that's too, it's too different. You know, if I say I want a kid, I would be okay with a Grogu. If I got a Stitch, I would punt it across a football field, okay? It's just, Stitch is just, he's, he's well-meaning, but mm -hmm. he's just, 
I mean, he's an alien. He doesn't know. He's just chaos. He literally just, like, I just, when I think of Stitch, I think of that one scene of Lilo, like, drawing the outline of him and, like, coloring it almost all the way red. The badness level. Yes. <laughs> like, his badness level was, what, like, 80-something percent? Listen, he had he had some learning to do, okay? I think he gets yeah, better. But so, so did Grogu. But it was a much gen- more gentle chaos. It was like, oh, hee-hee, what's this little thing? I want to float it to me. And Mandalorian's all like, no, Grogu, you can't. Grogu? No, Grogu, you can't have that. And Grogu's all, okay. There's there's no tantrums involved. Like, this is tantrum child versus all, okay, child. They oh. are not the same. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, he's, you said he's, like, way less chaotic, but I feel like it's a sanitized version. It's very watered down, but I think it's similar energy. They're just at different stages of their development as characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I just feel like Grogu would never go through the Stitch stage. But then again, I watched <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Mm-hmm. Or was, was it in Galaxy of the Guardians Part 2, or was it the... Um, Avengers movie where they had teenage um I don't remember which one but I know what you're talking it's in one of them they all blur together now he's just (laughs) sitting there all grumbly playing his little video game and I was like that's not Groot I feel like that's Infinity War I think it was I think he's a baby in volume two I feel like that's Infinity War yeah he's a he's a baby in volume two because it's got the beginning scene with Mr. Blue Sky and he's like dancing around and that is my all-time favorite mm, scene Yeah, ever. that's right. It is very funny. <laughs> but it's just, like, this is off-topic, but you think about the fact that, like, little Groot was literally around war, mm-hmm. essentially, his entire life, and then you get this stupid little misbehaving teenage Groot. It doesn't even make sense. Okay. But... That's, like, just so beyond my point right there. I was just... Yeah, I wasn't sure what your point you're trying to make there was. No, there was none. I just said it just made me think about that. (laughs) Yeah, I think you did. You made a really good point, unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, You made a very good point early on when you said... You're right. Grogu represents more like a baby baby. And Stitch represents, like, a toddler. But yeah, but even then, like Grogu's the baby you would want because they're like pretty calm and don't cry all the time. I think Stitch would have been one of those babies that, like, no matter what you did, they were just screaming <laughs> for hours straight. Listen, I'm not a parent, but I feel like any child could turn into a destructive child without I you. I mean, realizing. I agree with you. Yeah. But also, I am 14 years apart from my youngest sister. And I can say there are quiet babies and she was one. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's a unique insight that that does come into play here, I suppose. Like you watch those movies and they're like, this child was unique. She never cried when she was little. That was my baby sister. She like almost never cried. Like, again, I see where you're coming from. Like it Mm -hmm. makes sense, but while they can be kind of... So maybe, like, in sense of character archetypes, yes, but if you really take their personalities into stock, I think no, not at all. They're definitely two different personalities. You know, I would really like to win you over enough to say that there's some more personalities, but I am okay taking the win 
as you admitting that they're similar archetypes. <laughs> I will accept that as enough I mean, for they today. Are, it's human raising alien baby that they don't know what to do with and know nothing about archetype, but... <laughs> it's very specific. One is, <laughs> one is chaos and the other is just gentle... What are you doing? Yeah, I'm gonna let that one rest. I don't I don't fully agree with that, but that's okay. You guys you guys know how I feel already. Um I will I will take the sort of half victory I have. And you know what? I had you on board my first hot take, so that's good enough for me for now. That is good. You know, at least it wasn't Twilight should be an anime. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know what you expected. <laughs> Not that anything but that well now i've brought you baby yoda equal stitch and you don't like that either so i just don't know how to please you chandler i am never pleased even if you didn't agree with my baby yoda and stitch hot take today you gave me a magnificent stitch impression and i really appreciated that so thank you for that gift and thank you for being here on our podcast today um i i'm sure this was a super enjoyable experience for you being put on oh, the spot absolutely. with my hot takes again. <laughs> so yes, I do appreciate you showing up and recording even at this extremely late hour. Um, like I've said before, I am Allison, better known as Allie and Marie. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's going to be at Allie underscore and underscore Marie. It's also going to be written in the description of this episode. I'm on Instagram at almost underscore Allison. Um, maybe by this point I will have created a Twitter account for this podcast and it will be in the description as well. If not, tweet at my personal account. I would love to hear from you no matter what it is, um, any feedback you have, whether you liked the uh, sort of spicy conversations at the beginning of the episode or not, if you agree, if you see where I'm coming from with Baby Yoda and Stitch, I really want to hear from you. I don't think anybody I know is going to be with me on that one, but like I, I, I want to know that somebody else out there is, is with me. So if you feel the same way, if you understand what I'm saying, please find me. I'm begging you. I would love to talk to you about it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a podcast specific outro yet, but uh, Chandler really wanted to do one. Got a blast! Uh, was that stitch on my glass? <laughs> it was a very terrible stitch. But no, yeah. it was so good, Chandler. It's so good. Oh.